Hey, welcome to episode 45 of the Superpowered Fancast. This is Darren. Uh, once again, I want to thank everyone who has supported the podcast, is tuning into and subscribing to the YouTube channel. I couldn't do any of this without your support. Now, as always, you can reach me at Superpowered Fan on Twitter or email me at superpoweredfancast at gmail.com. So just to let you all know, I got some great news earlier today. Uh, Superpowered Fancast will be going back to Dragon Con this year. Uh, last year was my first time at Dragon Con as a member of the press, and I loved every minute of it. I got to meet some amazing people and interview many of them, including uh, Sean Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy. If you listen to that episode, uh, Worf himself, Mr. Michael Dorn, if you listen to that episode as well. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation's Marina Sirtis, uh, voice actor Rob Paulson, and more. Uh, this year, I hope to get the opportunity to do it all again, and you will definitely see my coverage on the YouTube channel, as well as Geeks Worldwide at www.thegww.com, and on my website, uh, www.superpoweredfancast.com. Now, until then, let's get into some news. And then we'll get into another awesome thing that happened that I've added to this episode is an interview with uh, former Marvel comic book editor and uh, freelance comic book editor Heather Antos. But first, the news. So fans of the first part of Annie Muschietti's big screen adaptation of Stephen King's It just got some interesting news. Uh, two actors have started talks to take on the roles of the adult versions of Bill Denborough and Richie Tozier, uh, along with confirmation that uh, someone that was rumored to be in talks uh, to be in the film has actually been confirmed to be in it. Uh, the first we're going to go is uh, James McAvoy is in talks to take on the role of Stuttering Bill, uh, along with Jaden Lieberher, uh, who's coming back for flashbacks. Now, Lieberher played the younger version Um McAvoy is known for playing Charles Xavier in the Fox X-Men movies, as well as his amazing performance in M. Night Shyamalan Split. Now, taking on the role of the wisecracking comedian Richie Tozier, which was played in the first film by Stranger Things actor Finn Wolfhard, uh, is comedian and actor Bill Hader. Now, Hader is an alumni of Saturday Night Live and has had success on the big screen in films like Trainwreck and Superbad. He can currently be seen starring in the HBO series Barry, where he plays a hitman who wants to break into Hollywood as an actor. Now, finally, we got confirmation uh, from Deadline that Academy Award nominee and Golden Globe winner Jessica Chastain will be taking on the role of Beverly Marsh, which was originated in the first film by Sophia Lillis. Now, Chastain is known for her roles in films like The Help and Zero Dark Thirty and her upcoming role in X-Men Dark Phoenix opposite James McAvoy. Now, she also has a history with Andy Muschietti, the director, because she played the lead in his first film, uh, 2013's Mama. Now, just some some TV news uh, real quick. Well, TV is nebulous. I'll just say streaming. Uh, Marvel Marvel's uh, Jessica Jones has been renewed for a third season on Netflix. Uh, it was nice to hear that. And the series star... Kristen Ritter took to her Instagram feed to announce it to fans, which was even nicer. Now, the second season is getting some positive reviews from critics and some fans. I personally like the fact that this season took a more personal look at Jessica's life and made her confront her past. But it's going to be interesting to see where the events at the end of the second season take Jessica and her friends now that there's some, some deep dives uh, between them. 
But like I said, you can find these stories and more on superpoweredfancast.com and www.thg, www.com. Now, before I get to my interview with Heather Antos, I want to take a moment for a brief message uh, from the sponsor of this episode. Going to Vegas is always a blast, and I personally love a game of blackjack. Now, sometimes I win big, sometimes not so much, but I usually have a good time, you know, except for the travel back and forth, which is always a nightmare. Now, trips to Vegas aren't easy. Now, you got uh, between rude cab drivers, delayed flights, screaming kids. It can be a nightmare from start to finish. But, you know, ever since I found MYB Casino, I don't worry about that anymore because I'm betting from the comfort of my own home. They got no more wasted time and money. I mean, that's why I tell people, go to mybcasino.ag. That's M as in money, Y as in yes, and B as in bravo. Now, they have huge bonuses. They give away tons of free spins. And every single game you find in Vegas is there, plus many that they don't have. Now, you're going to get a 200% welcome bonus for signing up with them. So you can start playing with a huge bankroll. And best of all, when you win, they have a lightning fast payout system that guarantees that you'll get your cash quick. Now, if you want to experience Vegas from your living room, mybcasino.ag is the only place you'll you'll want to check out. Now, for those of you who want a personal touch, they actually even have live dealer casinos with real people dealing out the cards. Now, whether you like blackjack, roulette, slots, or any other game, uh, MYB Casino has it all. Now, not to, not to mention, like, you can play all of their games on your cell phone, iPad, or tablet. It's up to you. You can play from anywhere. So if you want to get into the action, go to mybcasino.ag now and sign up to them using the promo code FANPOWERED to ensure that you're eligible for all of our uh, future promotions and bonuses. So you can visit Vegas from your couch and try them today. You can play, you win, you get paid. Again, that's M as in money, Y as in yes, and B as in bravo. mybcasino.ag with the promo code FANPOWERED. Hey, welcome back. I have the pleasure of talking to Heather Antos, and uh, she's an amazing comic book editor. She's edited some of my favorite comics, and I'm, 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 I guarantee if I don't start actually talking to her and asking questions, I'm just going to start rambling. So I'm just going to go ahead and do that now. So uh, Heather, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> So I guess I'm just going to go ahead and get started because the, the first thing I always want to ask someone in the industry because I've loved I've loved comics for so long is is what was your what was your comic book journey like were you a fan as a kid or like what kind of comics and books did you like uh, growing up? Yeah, I uh, so I didn't read co- actual like comic books uh, floppy issues really until college, but. Um, as a kid growing up, I was a huge fan of the, uh, the Sunday newspaper comic strip section. My my brothers and I used to literally uh, get in trouble with our parents for fighting over um, the the Sunday comic strip paper. Uh, you know, trying to trying to see who gets to read Garfield first and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and peanuts and and all of that. Uh, but in in uh, college. Uh, well, and to backtrack, like, I, I'd always been a fan of, like, nerdy sci-fi things. I grew up watching Indiana Jones and Star Wars with my dad and uh, the Batman, uh, 1966, Adam West, Burt Ward, Batman television show. Mm-hmm. Today is still one of my favorite TV shows. That was uh, an every night 
you know, watch with dinner family tradition. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was always tangentially surrounded by the, the comics related pop culture. I just hadn't done the deep dive into comics itself until college. Uh, when uh, <laughs> uh, they uh, announced the, and this is my embarrassing story, they announced the uh, 2009 Green Lantern movie, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which, which uh, is, is not great, but uh, it, it was around the same time that DC was uh, relaunching their line with New 52. And so... You know, this movie's coming out. I don't know anything about Green Lantern, but I've enjoyed, you know, all the other Batman movies and everything that I've watched at the DC Universe. Um, I've loved the Marvel movies, you know, up until that point. Now's the perfect time to to start reading the DC comics. Uh, And so I picked up Emerald Dawn, I picked up Secret Origin, and I, I loved it. I fell in love. I became obsessed. Uh, and and at at my screening of the movie, I was that person <laughs> sitting there in the theater rewriting the script while I was <laughs> watching it to make it better because it made me so angry. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing: like, don't feel bad because I'll be. I'll be honest with you. My favorite, my favorite DC comic book character is Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where I like I have Green Lantern rings. I have Green Lantern. We have Green Lanterns like all over the walls in my house. I have a like a Darwin Cook version of John Stewart. He's like, he's been he's my favorite lantern. So nice. So I you know when I uh, so I was like you when I when they announced a Green Lantern movie and I was there in the theater and I may not have been re- rewriting it, but I was definitely I I was the guy that was like defending it to my friends who told me it was bad. It's like well you don't I was the guy. So yes, much. exactly. So you don't understand. See, what they were really trying to say was that I was that guy. <laughs> and it wasn't until later that I, you know, under sober reflection, I was like, yeah, this, this could have been a lot better. Yeah. That every professional gets asked. And for me especially, like, 
I didn't want to be a writer. I, I didn't want to be an artist, but I knew I wanted to work in comics. Um, and so I just began, you know, doing research on all the roles that go into making comic books. Uh, and that's when, you know, I discovered there's these books on how to draw, there's books on how to letter, there's books on how to ink, books on how to color. There's no books on what an editor does for comics. Yeah. And, and I know, and I know what a book editor does. Mm-hmm. But comics are completely different than books. They're, they're their own thing. So I began to, to just talk to any comic book editor via Twitter that would talk to me. Um, and that's how, that's how I met my, uh, my boss at Marvel, Jordan White. I just shot him a tweet. I was like, Hey, are you going to be at C2V2? I'm going to be at C2V2. Would you sit down and talk comic book editing with me? Um, and, and he did. And, and that's where my journey started. <laughs> see, can I tell, can I tell you something? See, I'm from, I'm originally from Chicago. And what's really funny is that like, I moved, I moved away from Chicago after I got married. And then everyone started descending on Chicago for stuff. So, so it's like, it's, I have to find excuses to try and get back to Chicago. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question is, like, what is the... Because, yeah, I do... Like, I, I studied, like, English and writing, creative writing in, in college and got my degree in English. And, and, my, and I never really thought about the editing process of comics... So what would you say, like, and not, not just like, not chapter and verse, but what do you think, like, your, what would your opinion be of a, what a comic book editor does? I mean, a comic book editor does a, a lot, but at the end of the day, and it, uh, just to sum up, the comic book editor's job is to put out the best book possible on time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and. It, there's a lot of work that goes into that. That's, you know, that is pitching stories, that's getting pitches from writers for stories, that's casting books, that's, you know, making schedules, that's making sure all of this stuff fits the budget, that's mm-hmm. making sure the talent sticks to the schedules, that's giving notes on their script, giving notes on the layouts, giving notes on the inks, colors, yeah. letters, etc. for 15 books all at the same time. You know, because um, cause no editor is like, oh, I'm just working on Batman and that's all I'm working <laughs> on. No, you're working on Batman and Batwoman and Batgirl and Detective Comics and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a lot. You know, you're, you're, I, I think at Marvel in 2017, I put out roughly 140 different issues Jeez. that year. Um, so it's a lot. It's, it's a it lot is. to juggle at once. And at the same time, too, you're not just dealing with the interior pages of the issues. You're dealing with the covers. You're mm-hmm. dealing with the variant covers. You're dealing with, you know, a bit of solici- solicitation and marketing. There's, you know, there's a lot of different hats that an editor wears. Um, but I, I kind of like to think of an editor sort of like team coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're there you're there cheering the creators on and making sure they're collaborating well together and, and, you know, putting out a winning book at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, it's not really about like, you're not curtailing someone's vision, but you're just trying to kind of get them into a, into a place where their vision makes sense for the story. Yeah. You know, the, the, 
the editor's there to, to make sure all the details line up, really. Okay. Um, that's, that's what, that's what they're there for. They're, make sh- they're there to make sure it makes sense, um, that nothing is superfluous and, you know, um, they're, they're there to help. They're there to make the, the book the best it can be. Okay. And I guess that's my next question because you, um, you edited a lot of the, the Star Wars books for Marvel and there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of like canon things that, that have to be dealt with. You're dealing with not only uh, Lucasfilm, but you're dealing with Disney. So, so my question on that is like, what would be the difference between editing something like, say, like Dr. Afro or, Th- or Thrawn versus a book like Deadpool? Like, yeah, I mean, so at the end of the day, with Deadpool, as, as the Marvel editor on Deadpool, I'm the point of authority. I have final say. If, you know, the writer comes to me and says, I want to have Deadpool wearing a tiki, you know, costume, dancing in Antarctica, it's up to me to say yay or nay. <laughs> that's, that's fine. But if some if a writer came to me and was like, well, I want to have Han Solo uh, wearing a tiki costume, dancing in Antarctica, even though I'm okay with it, Lucasfilm has to be okay with it, too. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just an extra step of approvals process. You know, I'm I'm here to work with the writers again and, and, and artists to make the best stories, Star Wars comics possible. Lucasfilm is there to make sure everything that we want to do is in line with everything else that they're doing. Um, because in the Star Wars universe, uh, the novels affect the comics, affect the games, affect the movies, affect the television shows in a way that isn't true for Marvel. Yeah, and I was and I was going to ask, like, were there any uh, limitations placed on you or the creative team from Lucasfilm or Disney? I wouldn't say limitations uh, necessarily. It's just it, it's all about the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we want to do something really big with Darth Vader during that's going to be out say in October but they have say a Darth Vader movie that's coming out in October they'll want the focus to be in the movie not the comic so it, you know it's, it's a timing thing um, or or it would be oh you can't do this specific thing with this character because it doesn't fit storyline they're actually doing a similar thing three years down the road. Oh, okay. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So you get a little um, bit of inside baseball, but not, you know, too many details. Yeah, I mean, we worked very closely with Lucasfilm. Um, you know, getting we got to go out to the offices and and uh, learn details about the films and, and, and everything like that uh, to make sure everything is lining up. Um, but it... it, it we never got like a thought out. No, you can't do this unless we wanted to do something like, oh well, we want to kill off Luke Skywalker before Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Obviously, we can't do that. Right. Uh, but it, it was more so a lot of not right now, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, what do you think? What What would be like? What was your? Is what was your your easiest editing experience? Uh, versus, like, your your most difficult editing experience in, in comics? Um, I mean, it's always easier 
work out, right? Right, yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, like, I, I would say one of the smoothest projects I worked on was, uh, the unbelievable Gwenpool. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was, you, when I talk about comic editing, uh, I always bring up a quote from Tom Brevoort. He says, comic editing is a lot like alchemy. You're taking, a, you know, an idea and a whole bunch of different people and throwing it into a pot and hoping what comes out is gold. Right. And that's kind of what Gwenpool was for me, is, you know, this is this weird idea with creators I've never worked with before, and I don't know what it's going to turn out, but it, it turned out great. It was the smoothest running project that I've ever worked on. The entire team was such professionals. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that the art team of Gary Hero are two Japanese ladies who don't speak a lick of English. <laughs> and so every single one of their scripts were translated, and they got it, and it, and it turned out fantastic. And uh, I'm so thankful for that book and, and everything that it's meant to me and to the fans. And um, hands down, I would say it was one of the smoothest projects I worked on. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know about hardest. But one of some of the projects that could, that were more difficult were any Star Wars book that ties in directly with a film, right? Um, and and that's just that's just you know any big project like that in general, people are going to be more secretive. You know, you you can't get your hands necessarily in all the materials that you want to because you can't. You know, they can't risk scripts getting leaked or art getting leaked or whatever, and so. Uh, those those projects were always a little bit more stressful, but you know I still think we put out good products at the end of the day, and the fans seem to re- be receptive as well. Oh, absolutely! Like I'm like one of Doctor Afra is probably one of my favorite one of my favorite books currently, and I love what uh, I love anything that kind of adds to that adds to the universe and adds to the canon, and I think she I think she fits in perfectly with the storyline. So I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm hugely, I'm a huge fan of that book. Uh, so just speaking of your, your role as, speaking of your role as an editor, like, uh, what advice would you give a, a writer or an editor about the, the process? And it doesn't have to be like a long answer, but just kind of like, if I came, if I came to you with a, with a script and and uh, and put it down and you read it, like what would you? What would be the things that you would automatically red flag if you were reading it? Well, I'd, I'd say first and foremost is um, if you want to write comics um, and say you specifically, you know, you've never written for Marvel, but you want to write for Marvel. Mm-hmm. So you know, you found that Marvel editor's email address. And you're gonna send them your idea. Don't, don't <laughs> send a Marvel comic idea unsolicited. It, they they just can't read it. You know, DC can't read your pitch for Batman. Marvel can't read your pitch for for the Avengers. They can't mm-hmm. um, unsolicited. Uh, and the other big thing is, um, big two editors want to see a finished product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't want to read your script. They want to read your finished comic. Okay. Um, 
And so, you know, that obviously takes a little bit more work, but they, it, it ultimately it pays off. It shows that you can work with talent. It shows that you can work with an artist. It shows how your script can be translated into a comic, um, which is, at the end of the day, what the job is, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's... I don't know how some of the smaller publisher works, having having never worked for them, but I know for Big Two specifically, you know, they want to see a finished product, and that finished product has to be an original idea, um, or it can be something that was published, you know, at a different publisher. Mm-hmm. You know, say say you wrote wrote a DC comic, um, and and got that published, then then obviously you can you can share that too. It doesn't, um, but you can't you can't be like, here's my fanzine. <laughs> uh, because it's just it's it's unsolicited and, yeah. and so we can't read it. Well, I think I was thinking more along the lines of let's say I'm already like I'm already working for for Marvel and uh, I don't know how how the editing pro- like if you're assigned to me or if I request you as an editor and I and like what would you like when you're reading I say if you're reading a when you're reading a script by someone that you're working with um, what are the things you what are the things you, you kind of don't want to see when you're reading? Okay, I got you. Um, I mean, so here's the thing. There's no specific format for how a comic script should look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a specific look for screenplays, right? Um, right. And, and, and uh, studios won't look at a screenplay unless it's formatted specifically. Comics doesn't have that because for us it's like, you know, so long as we can read it, so long as the artist can understand it, it really doesn't matter because right. um, it's just going to be drawn anyway. Uh, but some key things uh, to make to keep in mind is uh, keep one action per panel. Um, you know, I've I've read scripts from newer writers that have uh, a character, you know, jumping and punching and rolling all in the same panel, which. <laughs> You know, is it possible? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then keep in mind too, it's really easy for a writer to write uh, double page splash the entire span of Manhattan, thousands of buildings and hundreds of people spread out across the land. Mm. Super easy to write that. Yeah. It's just twenty words. But someone has to sit down and draw those thousands of buildings <laughs> and hundreds of people. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, they might not like you when they're done with it. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about that. Just how, you know, the, the the vision you have in your head still has to have someone sitting down and drawing it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and there's a difference between, you know, a writer saying a city skyline and then, then the artist taking that and turning it into a hundred buildings, right? That that's that's mm-hmm. a bit of an artistic vision and collaboration that, that is an artist interpretation which is great. Um, but it's it's important for writers to understand that, you know, an artist an artist isn't a monkey. Right. Um, an artist is hired not to just print out your words in the pictures. They're there to interpret and add what they bring to the table. You know, there's a reason why we love Chris Somney on Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because he was, you know, just, just 
copying out specifically everything exactly as Mark Wade wrote it. No, it's because Chris Somney did what Chris Somney does. Um, you know, same thing with Darwin Cook, same thing with Neil Adams. Like, mm-hmm. we like these artists not just because of their style, but the way they're able to interpret the story and the characters in a way that no one else can. Um, so, you know, it, there's, there's something magical about that that is what makes comics such a unique and special medium. And I think it's very, very important for, for writers to understand that as they're trying to break in. Okay, absolutely. So just to just to kind of wrap up, like if you could write, like I know you, I know you didn't want to, to to write or draw, but if you decided, like if you could write your favorite character tomorrow, with the authority to write whatever story you wanted for that character, like who would that character be, and just kind of like a broad vision of what kind of story you tell, or you'd like to tell. I have. I mean, it's it's not. It's not a story. Can I? Okay, let me backtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, can can I instead change it to my dream comic to edit? Oh, absolutely. Who I would cast absolutely. Okay. Uh, so I, if I could do any comic and edit any comic, I would say I want to do a Moon Knight story, um, written by Hideo Kojima. Uh, wow. He is the uh, the creator of the video game series yeah, uh, Metal, Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, he, and he did PT, and he has uh, a new game coming out this year that I can't, with Matt Mickelson, and, and I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but super crazy sci-fi, you know, mental game stuff. Mm-hmm. And then with, I, I'd say either like Martin Simmons or Mike Del Mundo to do this really crazy, crazy Moon Knight story that really plays into the psyche of the character of what is real versus what is not. That sounds, that absolutely sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, so love, I love horror stories, and I think Hideo Kojima is one of the best, best horror storytellers in any medium, and I, I would kill, I, I would kill to see what he could do with a comic book. Yeah, it was like, as soon as you said the name, I was like, oh, because see, then I'm kind of envisioning it, especially like, Especially like I love Mark Spector as a character. Just, just, I just, I my my the wheels in my head are turning. Just <laughs> as soon as as soon as you said it. Um, so uh, just to wrap up, um, Heather, what are you what are you working on now? Like, what are you currently working on? So I'm no longer at Marvel, uh, mm-hmm. but I am doing a lot of freelance work. I'm working on Image Comic Book Series Red Lambs. Oh, okay. um, which is a horror comic uh, yeah, about uh, three witches in Redland, Florida. They take over a town, and uh, it's pretty fun stuff if you like emotionally driven horror. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful art by Vanessa Del Rey and Jordi Belair, and Jordi mm-hmm. Belair is also the writer on that book. Uh, another project I've been editing is Injection, another image book uh, by Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby and Jordi Belair again. Mm-hmm. Again, sci-fi horror, so right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, those are, those are two of my projects right now. I have a bunch more that are on the docks to be announced, but I can't talk about them yet. Of course. Um, but they're really, really exciting, and I can't wait until I can start telling all of you about them. Well, um, Heather Antos, thank you so much again for, for taking the time to talk to me. I... 
I've learned a, I've learned a lot about uh, the business and about editing, and and I pre and I appreciate your uh, your giving me the, the the time to to ask you these questions. And I would love to talk to you again at at some point when you have like those other projects you want to talk about. And and once again, I I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Of course, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to be back. Let's. Let's talk in a couple months. Oh, absolutely. All right. Alrighty. And there you have it. It's my interview with uh, Heather Antos, a comic book editor. I really want to thank her again for her time. I really enjoyed our conversation. And I, I really appreciate the fact that I got to learn something. I definitely got to learn something new about uh, the about the comic book industry, about comic books themselves, about the editing process. I really enjoyed that, that aspect of it. And I want to thank Heather again, and you can find Heather Antos on Twitter at Heather Antos. Uh, you can always find a superpowered fan cast on Twitter at superpowered fan. You can also find any, uh, news and reviews and movie trailers, just, as much entertainment as we're trying to, as I'm trying to give to you, you can find on uh, superpoweredfancast.com. And you can always either leave comments in the comment section on the site, or you can email me at, uh, at superpoweredfancast at gmail.com. So until next week, this is Darren from Superpowered Fancast saying, see you next time. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!